Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Operation Basketball. Our next guest we can now describe as a three-time national champion. We welcome him back to the David Glenn Show. Roy Williams, how are you, Coach? Good to see you. David, you surprised me there. I thought you was going to say a three-time grandfather because I've got a 25-year-old grandson, three grandsons. So Man, that's even more important. I want to describe you as like a three-time Masters champion, <laughs> a three-time-plus granddad. That's right. Uh, but this has been a, yeah. a crazy year for you, Coach. You learned less than two weeks ago that your NCAA junk phrase is finally a thing of the past. And there was that national championship that you won since the last time we chatted. So just empty the bucket. What's in your heart right now? What's in your mind right now? Because this is one of the more unusual for good and crazy reasons years that I would imagine of your long career. It really has been. It was, uh, you know, the four or five, six years, ever how long it was, was not a lot of fun at times. Uh, coaching my team was the salvation for me, as I've told you before. But the last year to have uh, – uh, the redemption that I had not even heard that word until I got to Phoenix. But, uh, uh, you know, to have those kids be able to accomplish that. And I remember Kennedy Meeks coming over to the sideline trying to hug me. Yeah. There were seven seconds to go. I said, finish the game. Yeah. Sort of pushed him away kind of thing. But it was to see the joy on those kids' faces, see the crying. I mean, that's how much yeah. it meant to them, especially after the year before. Uh, was as satisfying as it can possibly be as a coach. Uh, having my third grandson was right up there as, a, as you can have as a grandfather. Having the NCAA cloud finally lifted after such a long, long, slow process. So, yeah, you're right. Everything except my golf game has really been good. <laughs> <laughs> Roy Williams is joining us on the David Glenn Show. I thought it was classic Roy that you chose to share publicly how Joel Berry broke his hand. <laughs> because, you know, the public release from the school coach does yeah. not mention, oh, he was playing a video game and he lost to Theo Pinson and he punched the door and that's why his hand is broken. Steve Kirshner left those <laughs> details out. Uh, I know you respect Joel so much as a mm -hmm. young man, as a competitor. Uh, have you ever done anything that crazy out of frustration and hurt yourself like a young version of you? Well, young version, how about the finals of the, <laughs> finals of the NCAA tournament when I slapped the floor, right? you know, right before I hit the floor, I said, slow down a little bit, you know, because don't screw up your golf game. But, no, Joel Berry, one of his greatest characteristics and maybe his greatest is how tough he is and how competitive he is and how much he wants to win. And that also may be one of the faults because that's what happened right there. You know, Kirst says, what are we going to say? I said, let's just tell the truth. And they said, well, I said, I'm going to say he's silly. And so I went and told Joel. I said, I'm going to tell him you were silly. And uh, Joel said, well, what have I got to say? I said, you have nothing to say. But, you know, if you don't say, then people start trying to make up things or trying to figure out right. what it was. But, no, I mean, he was silly. He lost a video game against Theo and one of our managers jumped up and punched the door. <laughs> you know, so I told him last night, I said, now I've got to go to media day and tell him my point guard lost his mind for a couple of seconds. Well, given that you're, you're coming off of not long ago, late night with Roy Williams, mm -hmm. and if I remember correctly, legendary UNC point guard Kenny Smith was mm -hmm. part of the festivities. Is it fair to say that unlike some infamous Carolina late-season injuries, yes. including mm -hmm. Kenny Smith, uh, if you have to have one, you can expect Joel mostly or close to 100% at least for the regular season? Mm -hmm. I think so. You know, we did went through this just two or three years ago with Marcus Page. 
but I was also there when Kenny Smith at the end of the season, and even more recently, Kendall Marshall at the end of the season. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's it's much more uh, uh, easy to handle right now. It's never easy because the kid wants to play every game. You want to have him available every game. But the facts are that he's not going to be there for a few games. And, uh, you know, when you break a hand, there's so many small bones. You never know how the healing process is going to go or how quickly it'll go. Believe it or not, Coach, I've been at 30 of these things. Now I have a lot of gray hair, too, but I started <laughs> Well, it. believe it or not, this is my 30th yeah, year as a head coach, yeah. so oh, I've got right. a lot of gray hair, right. too. That's so right. you and I have that in common, but yeah. I, I do remember you as an assistant coach. I do mm-hmm. remember when I was talking to your mentor, Dean Smith, who I, gosh, enjoyed interviewing as a young man. I always remember Coach Smith starting the conversation is with, what are the Tar Heels going to be in the post, yeah. right? And whereas so much of college basketball has abandoned that concept, it seems like you have often still had the two post players, both Mm -hmm. Kansas and Carolina. You're almost like the last or one of the last (laughs) to stick to the Coach Smith way. How can you possibly do that this year when, if I'm you, I like my one, two, three, and four, but I have no idea what I'm going to get at the five. Well, that's not just like me. That is me. Okay. I have no idea right. what I'm going to get. But, you know, it's fun. Because I had three NBA coaches this year. NBA coaches this year. I hope you'll stick to your guns and keep playing your post guys. You know, because the NBA has really gone away from post-up right. players. And But, you know, we've had quite a bit of success doing it that way. And I'm still going to try to do it. But, <laughs> you know, who's going to step up? Uh, I, I jokingly tell people this. that If you take each one of the four freshmen, big guys, take their best characteristic out of each one. Put them all together in one player. You still don't have a player. Everybody thinks you're going to say, oh, then I've got a pretty good guy. Uh, but those guys are working very hard. And somebody. the truth of the matter is somebody does have to step forward. I'm not coaching just for this year. I'm trying to build a program. And I'll give you an example. In 2006, Coach Smith and Eddie Fogler both asked me independently. And then they came back at me a second time because they had taught, are you still going to try to run it as much without the experience? And I said, yes. Because if I can't score in the open court, I don't know if I ever score. And then the other thing is, I'm not just coaching for this year. I'm coaching our program. And these guys, before they quit here, are going to be really good. And is, that was Tyler Hansborough, and they did okay. Yeah, I think they did. Is there a scenario where six foot eight, 230-pound stretch forward Luke May is the five and Theo Pinson is the four? And are, I mean, you had you you tell us all the time. We've thought about everything. Yeah. But that well, we've even thought of this. <laughs> Luke May is the five, and Theo Pinson is the one. Okay. Yeah. yeah worked on that with practice yesterday right. with Theo because Joel's not there. Uh, but yes, there'll be some times. As a coach, you got to try to put your best five players on the court sometimes. And still, as I'll say, I'm trying to coach for a program. Uh, but if our best five players is going to be Luke at the five, then Luke, you better grow some, get uglier, or get something to make you get better rebounds. Some coaching friends of mine I've asked in the context of the FBI investigation, just shoot with me straight. What percentage of programs do you think out there cheat at the level of, you know, $150,000 in cash to a player's family? Extremely, extremely, extremely small. I mean, I was criticized. 20%? I would say less than that. Okay. I was criticized because I said I was shocked. How can you not be shocked? I've heard all the stories, well, we would have gotten so-and-so, but they did this or they – but come on, this is the FBI. This is wiretapping. This is this is a different level than anything we've ever had. So I was stunned. I didn't even understand it at first, David. Uh, who was paying who? Who was getting right. money going where? You know, because this one is really unusual. But no, I think we've got a huge majority 
of college basketball programs that are run things the right way, that do things the right way. And I'm not trying to be Pollyanna here. I truthfully believe that. But, again, I wish I'd researched this before I came. Take this one and you run with it. You okay. research it. 1906, hmm. why was the NCAA f- first formed? President Roosevelt was upset about the way some college football players were choosing their colleges. So we've had problems for a long time. This is a problem. This is maybe more major than anything I've ever seen. But we've got to get through this. Let's not say that the whole thing is broken and throw it out the window. College basketball is pretty good shape. We do some good things, too. But you can't legislate honesty. You can't legislate morality. There's going to be some problems. Fix this and let's go on. Because you know what's going to happen? We're still going to be okay. But we can't let these kind of things get bigger and bigger and bigger. We've got to change some things. Last thing for Roy Williams of UNC, who's been pulled to his next stop in the car wash. I'll save all the personnel questions for our next visit because the games are going to start relatively soon. But earlier today, Jim Beheim, your friend and colleague, tried to make a comparison and said, well, wait a minute, I'm responsible at Syracuse, uh, and I get a suspension as a coach because I'm supposed to know about what happened with this academic problem or that. And he said at Carolina there were 20 years of easy A's, including for athletes. Uh, and he implied that you should know. Um, that, that's, that can't feel good coming from a friend of yours. What is your response to something like well, that? Well, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But the fact of the matter is the two cases aren't similar. You can't compare cases. You know, uh, uh, my name in the initial notice of allegation was listed one time. It says we did interview Roy Williams. Right. The second notice of allegation wasn't listed at all. In the report, my name is not mentioned. All men's basketball is not mentioned at all. So come on. You can't compare cases. You can't compare apples and oranges. But, you know, everybody's got the right to the opinion. Did I like it? No. Do I appreciate it? No. But the fact of the matter is it's United States of America, and everybody's got to be able to say their own opinion. Good news for you, man. Once the balls start bouncing officially here shortly, you can officially turn the page, as I did. I know you did about a week ago, a week and a half ago on that Friday morning. Coach Roy Williams, thanks, as always, for the time on the David Glenn Show. We'll be knocking on your door during the regular season. All right, David. Thank you guys very much. Three-time Masters champ. No, three-time grandfather. <laughs> You're my man, And boy. three-time <laughs> national champion as a head basketball coach. He's had some other success, I've read. An ACC champion, a Big 12 champion, a whole lot of wins, and a whole lot still left in the tank, best I can tell, for the 15th year head coach of the Tar Heels, Roy Williams. Back after this on the David Glenn Show.